Okay. Recording is in progress. I heard her. That was weird. Oh, (laughs) I just pressed record. Oh, we're recording now? Oh my God. Yes. Is that okay? (laughs) (laughs) Well, damn. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Are you still getting your setup ready? We can stop. Pull up my damn notes first. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this is episode one. I hope nobody's listening at this point because we're going to be dropping some gems and I'm so excited for it. (laughs) Episode one of Inner Surveillance. Yes. The journey begins, my friends. Okay, so what are we talking about today? Values, values, values. Why did we choose this topic for our first episode? Why did we choose values for our first episode? That is because... We wanted to start off inner surveillance with the audience understanding how we work, our inner values, our systems, the things, the principles that guide us. Right. So I actually did look up the definition, the formal definition. Prepared. I did a couple of weeks back when I was going through this and it stands for the principles that help you define right from wrong. Very straightforward, very simple. And I think that that's why I resonate with values the most. And it's also the pivotal foundation to what helps us prioritize and make decisions. So for me, that's why I really wanted to focus the first episode on this because it's essentially the foundation of our platform. It is, it is. I also looked up the definition of priorities. Oh, gosh. (laughs) While you were at it, while you were in the dictionary. While I was, right. While I was <laughs> at it, priorities for anyone that didn't know was something that is important that must be dealt with before other things. Okay. So that one is a little bit more vague, right? Along with decision-making. And I thought it was interesting because as I mentioned, you can't prioritize anything if you don't understand your values. And it goes a little bit deeper than that because it's not just about defining what's important to you, but figuring out why. Yes. That is what I struggled with. And that's kind of what I'm trying to maneuver through, if you will, as I've wrote down a list of things. So I'll touch a little bit on how I went about the process And then I want to hear a little bit about your process for defining your values and see if there's any alignment or similarities. We'll see. I feel like our processes and way of thinking are completely different, but. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So a little bit of background. Imani is a lot more on the creative thinking side, in my opinion, versus where I am more on the technical side, where my brain just thinks in systems and like black and white. Yes. Extremely strange to me. (laughs) I am like fiddling about over here. Let me focus. (laughs) You're good. So the way I went about this when I was journaling, that was my preferred method at that point in time, was essentially write down approximately 20 values that just came to my head. I was just letting it flow. What things are important to me? So for example, respect, justice, financial security, things like that. Once I compiled a list where I couldn't think of any more things, I broke it down into the top 10 that I thought were most important. And after I did that, the third step was to actually put those values 
into numerical order. And then the last step was me highlighting the top five or top three so that I could really hone in on, wow, these are the things that actually help with my decision-making process. Like this is actually how I maneuver through day-to-day life. And it all goes back to these three to five things, right? So I guess the next stage of this is figuring out why I chose these values and wrote them down on paper. I started with a few of them. Some of them are a little bit more difficult than others, but we can touch on that in the second half. So I want to hear about how you went about determining them. How I went about determining my values. Honestly, (laughs) instead of setting out when I journal, I don't really think of a prompt or think I'm going to write about my values today. I Mm. mostly just write, 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 just flowing, writing down everything that's happening. And then I start to think about, I start having revelations about myself, about people. And through these revelations, I feel like I've started to determine my value, my my core beliefs and principles, my values. That's kind of how I go about it. So having a list of things I don't have I probably should start working on it because I do believe having a list of written down physical lists of what your values are could be extremely beneficial for the decision-making process. Because if it doesn't align, then you know that it's meant for somebody else. Exactly. Exactly. And this is why this is the foundation. And it's so pivotal because I want to get to a point where my decision process processes align not only with my values, but with my intuition. So every time it comes down to making a hardcore decision, I want to be able to say it with such conviction that I cannot be manipulated or convinced otherwise, because I truly know like this is for me, benefiting me. You know what I mean? Not in an arrogant, self-centered way, but you know, there's people out there that don't have your best interests at heart. And if you're sitting here going throughout daily life, not knowing why you're doing the things you're doing, it can be very easy to let external factors and people's biases, you know, get in the way of what's really meant for you. So I guess, tell me, tell us some of your values, dish. Are we getting to that oh point? Oh my God. Are, are, you ready? <laughs> are we sharing? Is it share time? Are we going around in our circles? Is it share time? All right. I won't give you my number one value because I'm going to keep that one in the bag. But for me personally, family, freedom, and respect are definitely at the top of the list. I feel like family is because a little bit of background. Again, I only have my parents here in the state, everyone else lives overseas. And we've always been a relatively small family. I didn't grow up with many siblings and things like that. So the people that are considered blood are actually really special to me slash very important to me. So it's almost like, like a scarcity principle, right? Quality over quantity. Freedom is, this one's interesting because the reason, my reasoning for the why part, I actually wrote that I love working, but my career shouldn't feel unfulfilling to me, right? So at that point, it gets, you start asking yourself, okay, then why am I working, you know, 80 hours a week, 100 hours a week? Also, traveling is very important to me, like I mentioned earlier, because everyone is overseas. So 
not only having like financial freedom, but the freedom to, I don't know, do something, you know, whether it's career oriented or whether it's hobbies that bring me joy without having to feel guilty about my time, about my free time. <laughs> and respect, I, I feel like I've been like this for a very long time. Anybody that knows me knows I don't deal with disrespect. This is facts. Since high school. <laughs> I've always said this. And it wasn't until like I started asking myself, okay, why is this so important to you? It's because not only is it important for me to like take others seriously, I would like the same in return. And my thing is, you don't have to like me, but you need to show respect. And I do the same for other people. There's a lot of people that I've encountered in my life that I actually don't like in any way, shape, or form. I don't resonate with any of their beliefs. I don't resonate with any of their values. But at the end of the day, there's mutual respect there, either because you need to work together or whatever the case may be. So I just feel like there's no, it costs zero dollars and zero cents to be a decent human being. This is true. And people still act like it costs so much money. Exactly. And maybe a part of that, I do take pride in the empathy that I've built. So maybe a part of that stems from being able to right, put myself in other people's shoes and understand that I'm human and I'm just as prone to the same biases and, you know, I don't know, just all the external factors that go on with being a human and effing up, if you will. So respect is definitely at the top of my list. And out of all of your values, which one would you say drives you the most? Like really, is it a thing that changes daily where you're depending on your motivation or inspiration or your goals for that day? That's really interesting. I feel like my number one value drives me the most, mm. which is stems from my religious beliefs. So there you go. I give it to you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, that's one of my questions that I wrote down. I wrote down, how does your spirituality affect your values? And it's your number one value. So obviously it's the most important. It is one of the most important because I feel like it grounds me. It's always grounded. It's never let me down. And I've been getting into this conversation with a lot more people where people feel really open and comfortable speaking to me and being vulnerable to me, despite my religious beliefs, even though we might have opposing views, Right. And they always find it so fascinating because they're like, wow, you're so open-minded. And I'm like, yeah, like, for example, it just makes me sad that let's say you had a negative experience with Christianity. You go into the world, you know, with this precedent or you've almost been tainted, you know, that this entire, you know, organized religion is like this. And it, and it makes me sad because to me, that's not how Christianity was portrayed onto me. And I've been, you know, very blessed and grateful to be mentored in a way where I didn't feel like I was being tainted or manipulated. So yeah, it definitely does ground me every time I return to it. It brings me more clarity. It eases my anxiety. I mean, I've told you this, like a lot of times when I go extended periods of time without speaking to God or reading the Bible, I start to get more anxious. I start to become more insecure. I start to become more stressed and I can't put my finger on it. So whether you believe in religion or not, maybe it's psychological. I don't know what it is. All I know is that it brings me comfort and joy 
And that's, <laughs> that's a big enough reason for me to continue. So I definitely, I was watching this YouTube video today because I've been, I've been going through it, you know, the podcast listeners don't need to know, but you know, I have been going through it. Listen. So I was watching a YouTube <laughs> video today about sort of like moving on. And the YouTube video was like, elicit a couple of things on how to move on the, the things, the tips you need to in order to move on from whatever you're trying to move on from. But one of the things was having a grounding principle like spirituality and spirituality and I, I guess this isn't a spirituality episode, so I'm only going to touch on it lightly. Spirituality and I have had not even a rocky relationship or a bad relationship. I've just been so curious about all things. So in middle school, in middle school, I was looking up Buddhism, Hinduism, you know, I was looking up Christianity, Christianity, Catholicism. Most recently during the pandemic, because I feel like everybody was getting into it. I was looking up like Wicca and other closed practices and yeah. voodoo and who like I was, <laughs> going I think it. finding I was going through it. <laughs> I think one of the things, one of the goals that I have for myself, well, my main goal, my main value right now is myself. As I mentioned, going through some things. So (laughs) my main value right now needs to be myself and focusing on myself and prioritizing myself. And then Mm -hmm. through that, I think more values will come to light and more grounding principles will appear. Because I start to experiment and truly discover myself. Authenticity. Live your truth. Truly discover. Or sometimes I don't want to place too much pressure on finding something. Finding Mm. yourself. Because sometimes it's not about finding something like you're missing something. It's about redefining or putting definitions to it. So that's kind of my goal is... I like finding myself, not finding, which has like the same letters. <laughs> That's interesting, actually. I'm glad you pointed that out because I, I think that'll bring a lot of value to people. Because when I was like, your values are your essentially your your core beliefs, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And the reason why I struggled slash kind of am struggling is because of that really deep self-exploration. Nobody can answer these things for you, you know? And it's it gets to the point where, for me at least, it became really overwhelming because we almost start from the wrong end of the finish line where people ask you, what are you passionate about? That to me is the finish line. We need to mm-hmm. go backwards. What do you enjoy doing, right? right. Like what... What are your strengths? What are the experiences that you've gained up until this point, you know, throughout childhood, work experience, professional experience? And then you tie all of that back to your values. It's just, it was almost like a backwards way of thinking. And when people ask me, I really don't like this question at this point. <laughs> what is your what is your passion? Mm. Where do you start? Like, no wonder, you know, people in high school and like transitioning into college get overwhelmed where it's like, what do you want to major in college, right? That's essentially almost two very similar questions because you're asking them, like, what do you enjoy doing? And most people haven't even sat down and thought about that. Right, exactly. I And it's also something that I've been struggling with is because I feel like on the internet, you see just so many passionate people, people you feel like are truly 
walking their truth. <laughs> and for me, like, I'm pretty much into everything. Like, I'm not particularly passionate about anything. Like, okay, I like fashion, but I'm not crazy about fashion. Okay, I like traveling, but I'm not, you know, fanatical about it. I, I'm i truly just enjoying things. I'm enjoying things because I feel like once you place the word passion onto something that you extremely, really, really, really enjoy, there's some sort of pressure onto it. Then it becomes, people are always like, find your passion and then make money off of it. Well, then once you start making money off of it and turn your passion into a job, then it becomes a job. It doesn't become a passion anymore. <laughs> I am so glad you pointed that out. And that is a very good segue because I've already hinted at this, but all of my social media platforms, like I told you, are going through this rebrand, if you will. And I was telling you about this, like what, a couple of weeks ago where I was like, I don't want to blog about skincare anymore. And that might be the first time I'm saying this publicly, like I've already hinted at it, but I haven't posted a product review in a really long time. And then I had to sit down with myself and this is where it stemmed from. So let me backtrack really quickly. When you, I hate how people demonize being lazy. Okay. Because I love laziness. I have changed my entire relationships with procrastinating and being lazy because as soon as you start doing that, that lets you know you really don't enjoy what the hell you're doing at that point in time. And it wasn't the fact that I didn't like skincare anymore, right? Like I've been breaking out since age 11. I still buy new products. I still love testing them out, but it was the act of giving myself a schedule to post consistently, to come up with content, to write out the content, to do the research. It became a chore. And I feel like it's really important to say this because I feel like it'll bring a lot of value to people just because you have a hobby or a passion does not mean that you need to monetize everything. Yes. You can just have a hobby, like just. Exactly. And I don't understand why people don't talk about this on the internet because yes, it's a good place to start, but you do not need to monetize everything. It took the, it took the joy out of skincare for me. And ever since I haven't been posting about it, I have enjoyed putting things on my face a lot more than I did before, which is crazy by not speaking about them on a regular basis. Right. Yes. It's been a journey for me as well. Cause I just realized yesterday that I haven't sewn. I've only sewn one piece of clothing this year, just one. I've only finished one clothing project this year. I think it was because every time I made something, I'd have like somebody behind me asking me, oh, are you going to sell that? Are you going to put this up for sale? This could do really well. You should make this. Da, 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 da. And sometimes like, I just want to make things for myself. Like I don't want to have to make things for everybody else all the time. So it kind of took the joy out of it for me. And yeah, I, I really just... I value my time, my yes. time. <laughs> I really yeah. do value my time and spending time on things top five, that, top five. <laughs> yes, that I enjoy doing. I also wanted to mention one of the other values that I have, Go which ahead. we've talked about. It, it kind of goes along with the issues that I've been uh, Here we go. But oh, one ahead. of the values... It's going to help people. It's going to help. So many- <laughs> Hopefully it helps people. 
I really, really value love and companionship. That is, it's not my number one value. Like I said, my number one value is myself. So, (laughs) but love and companionship were really high up there for me, especially through my traveling. Before I traveled, I was the type of person to be like, oh, the career is going to be my life. Like I'm trying to get myself first and then a husband, kids, whatever are going to come afterwards. But then when I visited, visited Italy and met my Italian professors and they had it all, they had the career that they enjoyed. They had the husband and the kids that they valued and they actually like spent time with them. Like, it's not like, you know, the New York lifestyle where you're working all the time and not spending time with your wife and kids. Like, no, they actually spent time with their family. And Mm -hmm. that's something I really, like I mentioned, I told Denise of this, I was like, I would really, I'm a sucker for love. I think I would probably, I don't think I would change my whole career path, you know, but I would definitely make a big move for love. You'd be willing to sacrifice more than I definitely. would. In I'm opinion. definitely a sacrificer, which is goes back to my first priority, my first value, which is myself, because the sacrificing has got to stop. <laughs> it's to gone too extent. far. To an extent, correct. <laughs> correct. And that's the thing. There's no right or wrong answer. It's only when it starts to become at a detriment for yourself right. and your well-being. Because just because we might have completely different values does not mean one's better than the other. It's just being (laughs) self-aware that these are the things that are important to you so that you can make moves accordingly and not be disappointed at yourself, not live in, what is it called? Regret, not have Mm -hmm. regret down the line. That, because that, that is the worst feeling. If you have not experienced that emotion, man, that's tough. (laughs) Exactly. I also want to mention that values are going to change because priorities change. Values are always going to change depending on how you're feeling. Hopefully they don't change that dramatically. Like you still stay somewhat of consistent towards your values, but they they will change, especially in order. Like your primary value will not always remain your primary value. It may go down to the second or third rung of the ladder. Do you think that's based on the experiences that you have throughout life? Or because again, it's it's important that we distinguish what other people want from us versus what's internal that we want for ourselves. So I guess my question is, how do we help others get in tune with what they truly want versus what? others want because that's the whole point of having these solidified values right how to define your values essentially is the question yeah how to define your values how did I go about defining my values I guess just because obviously I don't have a guiding principle like spirituality to sort of get lay out what some of what values are because it does a really good job of that so I kind of just have to Mm -hmm. create my own And like I said, it's still a process, but I feel like it just comes through life experiences where you realize, oh, I think I'm making this decision because I have this moral thing. I don't want to say thing, but (laughs) morals. Yes. Like through your, through the morals. Cause it doesn't, you know, you don't have to be a spiritual person to have good morals. 
Correct. So through your own morality, you kind of start to define your values, I think, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like it goes morals, because morals, at least for me, it depends on how you're raised. Morals are something that you're kind of grown up with. Like, your parents kind of help you define your morals. And then values is a deeper version. Values are, like, I feel like more in stone. Does that make sense to you? Yes. My problem with that statement is there are a lot of people that did not grow up with supportive, Mm. like morals are instilled onto us. And this is why people have a problem with spirituality, religion, and things like that. Because essentially I've, having conversations with other people, they feel like what is the point, you know, in defining AKA values if everything surrounding them or your decision-making process to define these things came from things that were instilled in you as a child? Because again, everyone around you may not have their best, your best interest at heart. Mm -hmm. So how do you look internally at that point? How do you look internally? I really don't know. I think you scrap it all. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. Because my mom's Christian, my dad's Muslim. So like, I kind of grew up just in the middle. That's why I was searching for different religions. So I didn't consider it, define myself as anything. And because I didn't define myself as anything, I just kind of defined myself, <laughs> defined my own morals. Like children's books teach you always have like a story like not a story they always have the what is it called protagonist antagonist yes but at the end of the story it always has like a meaning at the end like what did you learn from this story like there's very rarely any children's books that are just fun except for like maybe cat and hat but like (laughs) most children's books always have like a defining thing like oh, this is why you shouldn't steal. This is why you should eat your fruits and vegetables. This is why, so morals can also be instilled that way through growing up, I guess is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) All of that, a roundabout explanation. Yes, talking about children's books and then being like, this is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) It is really interesting because you do have to scrap everything. You honestly do. And it doesn't matter if you grew up in a supportive household, in my opinion, or not. You have to go into this self-exploration journey. Yes. By yourself. And that that can be a little, a little scary and intimidating for some people because looking inward, sitting with yourself in silence, living alone, etc., is not the most comfortable if you're not well rooted in your values and what's important to you because then some people and this is why this is important though this is one of the main reasons we started this podcast I don't want anyone to go through life hit 45 married with kids and be like oh my god what did I do and there's a lot of people in our society that just go through life not asking why not asking themselves right not asking themselves they do And it's crazy to me because then you see so many unhappy people hit these midlife crises, if you will, 
and which by the way can be very avoidable <laughs> if you just sit with yourself you know and ask these kind of tough questions in the beginning versus letting other people and limiting beliefs define what you should be doing yes and definitely something that i'm working on solitude has never been the problem for me i'm an only child this i can sit by myself all day i know how to entertain myself it comes down to listening to my wants and needs and desires that's where things start to get complicated and i didn't this is just this is a today realization I, I need y'all to understand this. I just realized this today that me share. We want to see our day. I realized that being alone and doing things for yourself, like it's not the same. Like you can be by yourself all the time. Like I said, I'm by myself all the time, but it's I wasn't okay. actually doing the inner work. I was still letting other people in. Like I, I wasn't, I was by myself, but mentally I'm concerned with what other people are doing. I still wasn't thinking about myself. That's something that I don't want people to neglect because I feel like, especially during the pandemic, a lot of social, social people kind of realized that they had to be by themselves and discovered a lot about themselves. Being by yourself to me is the easy part. It's doing the inner work. <laughs> That's actually more difficult, having these realizations, these aha moments, where it becomes a lot more difficult. How do you think you're, one, how are you currently coping with that? Because that's a huge realization. You realize that being physically alone does nothing for you if you do not genuinely look internally as to what you're craving so how are you currently and how are you like, what do you plan to do in these next couple weeks, next couple months? How am I currently? I'm currently doing okay. I felt, I feel like having this realization was beneficial. I also can acknowledge hindsight, how much time I've wasted thinking that I was doing good because I was spending time by myself when I actually wasn't doing any good at all. <laughs> right. So of course I acknowledge that and, you know, let that pass because it's, it's in the past. And so my next steps will be more toward truly focusing on myself. So again, going through some things. So I was watching a YouTube video and I typed in YouTube. What did I type in YouTube? How to not be by yourself. I think it was how to be by yourself or something like that. I typed it into YouTube. YouTube just be pulling up everything. And of course it gave me some tips and it was just some self-care tips that I just never really followed through with, like exercising, treating yourself right, you know, eating right, developing new skills, pursuing interests deeper, having a hot, I just discovered that I have a hobby. Today's been a lot of discoveries. I also discovered that I do have a hobby and something that I enjoy doing that's not to necessarily get better or whatever, just for enjoyment. Yes. So that way I can leave the judgment at the door and can just focus on this hobby of mine. 
what was the other thing they talked about? Financial stability, security. You know, that's focusing on your personal finances is also a form of self-love because, you know, you need money to love yourself. Honestly, and we've had multiple discussions like in the past, not only with you, I've had this conversation with multiple people and you might have seen it all over social media, but it's about being the main character in your life. So then I was like, okay, what does that mean? What does that actually be the main character? Okay, we've all, I'm assuming, gone through elementary school. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Main character is usually the person that is the focal point of the story. There are other characters around, right, that are interesting or make it worse. But at the end of the day, everything stems around this one person. And At first, I thought it was a very narcissistic slash self-centered way to go through life because of the way maybe social media was portraying it. But then I actually started taking it into consideration. And I was like, wow, this might be able to help a lot of people. Because if you start thinking of yourself as the focal point in your life, not necessarily everything has to be about me, but everything comes from inside of me the energy that I put out, then it starts to become less about what other people want from you and think about you and more of what you're trying to put out to the world. And so I thought that was interesting. That may or may not help others, especially those who are more introverted to maybe start to navigate, you know, their self-awareness journey through I'm the main character and the self-care tips that you were describing are very relevant because I just moved into this apartment, what, two months ago, and I I live completely by myself. It is very quiet <laughs> on a basis, okay? I don't know if I do. I don't even know if I have neighbors at this point. <laughs> I have not heard a single human being in, on this floor. Anyways, I started, I always used to hate cooking, right? And this is going back to the self-care tips. It wasn't until I started changing my perspective about feeding my body and like taking care of me that I started taking cooking differently. Like, oh, I don't just need to cook for survival because that was my mentality. Get my macros in, make sure that I'm hitting my protein intake, et cetera. But it wasn't until I started saying my body does so much for me on a daily basis. I need to start being kinder to self nourishing food is one of those ways and it's almost like my relationship with food almost changed overnight too and it was so weird also I started seasoning my food yeah properly seasoning and have you have more diversity now in your diet not just chicken and rice anymore (laughs) I'm so disappointed in myself I cannot believe I was not properly seasoning my food for a very long time but (laughs) This is why we're on this journey, people. Yes, on this journey. And yeah, I came to a similar realization. I'm not calling it main character. I'm calling it my Yeezus era. Now, if you're a (laughs) fan of Kanye West and you know the Yeezus album, that is him, of course, comparing himself to Jesus. And you may be taken aback. What? Not, you know, a human comparing himself to the son of God. But... When you really start to look at it, (laughs) when you really start to look at it, we are created in his image. We are, matter is not, well, Denise has heard me say this because we had a whole conversation about it. 
matter is not what is called destroyed or created or whatever. It's just like first law of thermodynamics: matter cannot be created nor destroyed. It is only transformed into other forms. Yes, it is only transformed, and so I feel like I'm I'm just in my Jesus era. I'm I I'm treating myself like a goddess that is what i'm doing that is what that is what my goal is and right now instead of saying my current self i'm starting to say my future self i'm going to treat my future self like is a god like she's a god and worship her worship my future self you know because when you end up when you worship god you do so in a way how do i explain this i wrote it in my diary and it sounded so much better when you when you worship god you don't make excuses i guess that's what i'm trying to say you don't or make excuses. any or any other deity right so or any other deity. you don't have to be christian to right exactly like when you worship who or what you whatever you worship you don't make excuses in order to worship why am i making excuses for my for myself like the excuses are holding me back from doing what i actually want to do I wouldn't, I wouldn't feed God candy. Ain't God would, I'm trying to make sure God lives forever, is healthy. I would make sure God works out every single day, you know, like all these different things to make sure that God is good. And so (laughs) that is literally how I'm starting to treat my future self. Like it is a God to be worshiped because in the end, I, am (laughs) i am so is you thinking about your future self what's giving you that determination and motivation is that like essentially the pin that you always go back to or is is that currently what's grounding you like what's the underlying reason for thinking about future self anxiety (laughs) fair anxiety yeah i feel like i thinking about my present self i don't know if my present self deserves to be treated like a god honestly you know what i mean so i feel like that's why i have to put it to my future self because right now i don't think that i'm worthy but i know in the future i will be right now you don't why what's different now why are you not Right now, I don't know why I don't feel like right now I deserve the things I deserve. But I do know my future self does deserve those things. Even like we're all connected. So I guess essentially I'm saying is that I deserve it. But but in my frame of reference, my future self is something to aspire towards. My present self, I'm not really feeling her right now. I'm not. But we're going to get it together. Is it because you've disappointed yourself through a series of events that now you don't trust yourself? Hmm. It probably is. It probably is because I know my present self isn't, isn't trustworthy because I guess not my present self, probably my past self isn't trustworthy because she has let me down so many times. And, you know, my mindset shift hasn't changed from the past. So I'm trying to change it in the future. I don't know if that makes sense. That sounds very cerebral. (laughs) 
It makes sense because through speaking with other people and kind of going through my own self-discovery journey when I was trying to figure out the reasoning for why, where all my values came from, I had to have a serious conversation with myself a few months back. Actually, this conversation occurred before I even moved into this apartment where I was asking myself and admitted to myself, I am not as disciplined as I thought I was. And if you would have approached me a couple months ago, I would have never admitted that out loud. And the first time I said that out loud, it literally felt like somebody kicked me in my stomach and just left me to die on the floor because <laughs> that that's, that's tough because I've always took in pride in being responsible and being disciplined through my upbringing, but which I still am in comparison apparently to many other people my age. However, to my standards, it wasn't cutting it, period. And I had to be real with myself. So then at that point, I was like, wow, why am I not in my Bible like I should be? Why am I not going to the gym four to five times a week like I wrote down and said I would be? Why am I not posting consistently on social media when I clearly made a calendar? You know what I mean? So granted, a part of that was because I wasn't enjoying the things that I was doing. But 90, 95% of that was because I wasn't as disciplined. And so that led that series of events, continuously letting yourself down saying, oh yeah, I'm going to do this today. You put it off tomorrow. Right. You start to lose incremental bits of trust every single time because you can't rely on yourself. I'm going to say that again. You can't rely on yourself. And if that resonates with you, you got to take a look inward because exactly. At that point, nobody, you're relying on other people. And that's how people start to become codependent on other people. Exactly the situation I'm in. And that's why, because I know I can't rely on myself, I'm trying to make my future self better and happier. So yes, discipline, it's not a value right now because I haven't been sticking to her, but I know in the future, discipline will definitely be one of my core values. And if I ever get interviewed by Oprah or something, I'm going to be like, it's because I was disciplined. I worked hard. So it's definitely going to be one of my future values. (laughs) Absolutely. I feel like that can be its own episode in and of itself. because It definitely could be because there's a lot to talk about with discipline because y'all, if you're doing sports on a team, you're not disciplined for real just because you go to practices every day. But we talk about that later. Honestly, though, we confuse discipline with motivation and they're two completely different things. And I feel like we need to start being more transparent about that. Because Yes. Anyways, I feel like that's a good wrap. Yeah, that's today. a good wrap. We did a good job. Episode oh no, Episode one of Inner Surveillance. Inner Surveillance. I really wish you didn't do that. <laughs> I feel like that's what I feel like that's what our <laughs> like our what's it call it like preview thing should be like before we start our podcast and it's like inner surveillance. Inner surveillance. Absolutely not. I'm not. I'm not on board with that idea. <laughs> <laughs>